0: Hello and welcome to Fish Across the Ponds, a Miami Marlins UK baseball podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt, and joining me this week, we have Rob Newell and Lee Dobbs. How are we doing, guys?
1: Doing good. Yeah, I'm good.
0: Excellent. Glad all's well. Uh, to those that have been listening every week, you probably realise we're missing one. Uh, we one of the three amigos is is away, so so Dan Dan the man's away, sunning himself in in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully you've all been kept abreast of of his uh, of his whereabouts. Actually he's posted he's posted pictures every day to Twitter, and actually it looks like he's just sleeping on a sun lounger from yeah. I can <laughs> see. <He's, laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's moved. Um, <laughs> I, I believe he's got. He's got a waiter, you know, uh, sun lounger service going on. They're bringing in copious amounts of pina coladas. So, Dan, this one's for you, mate. Um, Hope you're enjoying yourself. Um, He'll be back next week for everyone uh, that's concerned, hopefully. Um, So, guys, a lot to get stuck into for this week uh, in terms of what we're going to cover we'll, we'll do a quick recap of, uh, of the last week's action for the Marlins um, the series against the Reds uh, and also the series against the Phillies uh, and also the, the first game of the Cubs series so we'll, we'll, we'll run through them relatively quickly um, but there's a load of talking points that we need to dive into as we're recording this right now which is Tuesday evening uh, UK time Ahead of Game Two of the Cubs series, uh, there's been a couple of roster moves. There was already some roster moves as well uh, going into the Phillies series. So, take a deep dive on them. Um, we're going to also dive into some of the minor league stuff as well. Uh, Rob's been focused a little bit on that as well. So we're gonna we're gonna take a look into the minors, which actually is, is probably a timely thing to be doing based on all the the moves that we've been seeing. Um, and then we'll we'll then look ahead to to the the series ahead we've we've got the the Cubs series to box off um and then we, we've got the Nats uh coming to town which will be a, a good series uh look out as well for the uh, the Nats series preview uh with the with the Nats UK guys um so guys um I think looking back on the last week I, I think it's always good to try and work out what Twitter emoji was most used i think that typically helps us summarize the week that we've had and when i look back the most used icon for me in the past seven days was the icicle uh <laughs> <emoji>. <laughs> unfortunately um i mean the red series uh which we were swept in uh, may i say that the reds that I think were had won one game going into that series, and we've padded their record there. So they they took the series three nil. It started with a fourteen nil demolition, which we covered last week, which included Chen's um, annihilation. Um, We then were narrowly beaten two one, which disappointingly beaten actually um, two one. Following that up, and then yeah, they closed off the series with uh, with a five nil victory. I think the main thing coming out of that was a total of three games in a hitter's ballpark, one run scored, and a total of twelve hits across the three games. I think there was a lot of ice emojis flying around. Um, Rob, anything for you that particularly stands out from the Red Series that beyond the ice, the ice emoji?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, it was just the hits, wasn't it? Which was was lacking and i think we had some wasted opportunities i thought um we know all about the 14 0 loss but the in the 2-1 loss the second game when we were playing against mali i don't think he looked that good he there was a few walks there but only two hits so um absolutely no way to capitalize on those walks which is what a lot of other teams have done against us if uh, when we've given away a walk like richards did early on. um, uh, There's been a hit behind it and it causes an RBI. But um, we don't seem to be able to take advantage by getting players on base. That game in particular, Richard's was really, really good if you think about it. Six innings pitched, seven strikeouts. But when he got the walks, that's when they got some of their, you know, that they could take advantage. I think Ryder also um, gave away a home run. And that kind of set the scene for the rest of the week, really, where it was, again, we were quite close in in other games against the Reds and, and the Phillies, but we just couldn't capitalise. And so I don't really have any highlights beyond some of the pitching. Um, it, it was just a disappointing sweep where you kind of yeah. walked away from it thinking... You know, if we'd have got a few more hits, we just didn't look at the races at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It was I mean, we were all messaging between ourselves Mm -hmm. coming off the back of a 14 nil hammering. We thought, you know, we're expecting the guys to to turn up and deliver a performance and a win or two. And to come away from Cincinnati being swept, I think, was really disappointing. For, for us, and I think the Marlins would have felt that. You're right. That game, too. Richards pitched well, um, and going into the eighth inning, uh, you know, one nil up. Um, Stack gave away a couple of runs, bottom of the eighth, and two one, and you know that was that was the ball game, literally. Um, so disappointing. Um, the Philly series, uh, you know, we 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 took a game. Uh, but it's you know it was an, it was a nine one defeat in the first the first game. Um, Sandy on the mound. I'm going to come back to that a bit later actually, particularly on some of the comments that Mattingly had about Sandy. Um, we then had the 10 three win. Um, Caleb Smith pitched very well actually uh in that game, that was a Saturday night and then yeah the 14 14 inning marathon. Uh, to finish it up on on the Sunday, which, uh, you know, the few highlights there, uh, you know, Arrhenia definitely being one of them and a a bit of a rebound for him. But again, if we're going to go back to the emojis theme, when I think back to that series, um, (laughs) the main emoji that was used for me was the the beer emoji and the beer clinking, the uh, the cheers emoji of beers. That's mainly because Dave Shaw from the Phillies account was definitely on it on Saturday night. Um, He was, he was drunk texting like you wouldn't believe. I mean, (laughs) so there was a lot of beer emojis going on with him. He couldn't probably, he he couldn't work out what was going on. He probably had 15 beers, maybe 18 beers, hopefully 18 beers because each beer for each of the Marlins hits in that game, 18 (laughs) hits. Absolutely incredible. Um, Lee, what what caught your eye through the Phillies series? That you know, either positive or negatively.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously the Saturday game game was was good. Where we, but it seems like we used up all our hits in, in one game. <laughs> there, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like saying you know, the 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 eighteen hits, and then they're saying Smith on the Sunday was the Sunday pitched well. But yeah, that was on, the, on 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 the Saturday, sorry. Uh, and yeah, yeah. there was Urania yeah. on Sunday, yeah, who done well. I but again, once it got to about the seventh inning or so, we just couldn't get get like the you know the rally going where we'd get a man on, and then then nothing would happen again, and it just seemed to keep going, going, going like going like that. And then and you kept seeing on Twitter just saying, "Oh no, it's going to be be Chen's game game to lose." <laughs> And then, then sure enough, in he came, <laughs> and then and then the game was over. Yeah, I, I, I thought on the holder we did okay in that series. So I thought, I mean, we definitely had a chance to win on Sunday we had to claim the series, but saying so we just couldn't get the big hit when when we needed it most in that game, and then obviously yeah. Chen was in again.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we had what five, four or five opportunities to to walk it off in effect there. Um, couldn't capitalise. Disappointing. When I look back at that fourteen innings, total five hits. Yeah. Which, you know, you're a game and a half at five hits. So the you know, after the Yeah, you're right. We've used them all up on the Saturday. We've used up all our beer emojis. Mm -hmm. We're back around to the ice emoji. You know, that's where (laughs) we're at there, unfortunately. It was nice to see Irania back. Yes,
2: yeah, so he did the, really well. Yeah, that's the
0: type of, you know, that was Aranya from last year. He was really, you know, pitching, you know, on the line all the time, and he was getting, he was getting the calls. There were some close calls, some given definitely, but you know, he gets that arm side run with his fastball, and he was pitching a lot inside to the left-handed batters and getting those calls and set to go seven strong what was it, seven strikeouts, which for him is is good. No walks as well. No walks, correct. Mm. No walks, just seven hits given up in, in seven innings. I mean, let's be totally honest, the, the Phillies lineup, yeah. um, you know, for them cumulatively across our three games to score, what was it, 15 runs in total across the three games, for them, that's a slow series actually for their bats, I think, so um you know actually a positive series definitely I mean the third game naturally was it could have gone evil either, either way obviously but let's be totally honest guys we 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 spent a lot of time on Chen last week and rightly so it was it was an annihilation against the Reds let's be totally honest though come Chen walking in and seeing him in the bullpen and warming up and thinking okay he's got to come in now was there a degree of inevitability about what was it going to happen?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, we had used up everyone in our bullpen by that time, and they'd done really, really well. No one in in our our bullpen had, had kind of let us down. Um, Romo got into a little bit of difficulty, but got out of it. And um, then Guerrero looked good. Kinley you know, uh, came in, and, and Nick Anderson as well, who, who's looking like one of our sort of stars at the moment very low era 1.17 and um, but when Chen came in he kind of knew it was game over and that's the disappointing thing he, I think he got a strikeout to start with
2: yeah I was just gonna say I think he got an out to begin with and I thought oh hello yeah he, he might be <laughs> having a clean inning but yeah
1: and I'm from my, up after that. yeah from my memory there was um it, it was a couple of fastballs and then it's kind of those kind of slow loopy change up <laughs> type or maybe they're slides I don't quite know they're kind of um, uh, about 70 mile an hour. And that that, that looked, I thought, okay, changing pace and, and a few good fastballs. But the problem was, is that it was McCutcheon, wasn't it, who hit a foul ball, which was very yeah. close to being a home run. Yeah. And we thought, well, that's all they're waiting for. That's all McCutcheon's waiting for is that one down the middle at about 85 miles an hour, which he can then just launch. And um, And they got it. And that was the problem. Although actually Chen did pitch better against the Cubs, um, but I'm still not convinced he's going to turn that round to be an innings eater. Um, yeah,
0: well, and when when you say Rob that he pitched well against the Cubs, I, I think his, his his stat line to end that game is two innings up. pitched. <laughs> yeah, two innings pitched, three hits, one earned run. <laughs> One walk and one strikeout. Yes,
1: it's all relative. (laughs)
2: No home runs, Um, at least. That's a positive.
0: No home runs, correct. (laughs) Good. So, it was a mixed week, I think it's fair to say, guys. Um,
2: One one thing to touch on the weekend, I thought the crowd was good, on the Saturday and Sunday games especially. They seemed loud, and that band was playing again, and you could hear them you know quite loud quite loudly, I think we was about fifteen thousand for for you know for for both games and, you know you know near enough, which after some people you know all the doom and gloom we keep seeing i mean i, I mean i mean we' we're, ne- we're never gonna sell it out you know on a regular basis I think if we can get that sort of crowd in on a normal day, you know that's that's something to something to, something to like build upon and then hopefully with you know if the team starts winning winning you know, if, if that can then 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 go up to twenty thousand. Yeah, I think that that would be good. You know, good to see for for, for like the other you know, players in the park to see that the fans are are, are responding to them doing well. Obviously, we have got to start start winning first to see that that happening. Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. It looked, it was nice to see, in effect, pretty much all of the bottom decks across yeah. the stadium with bums in seats. And actually, it wasn't just bums in seats, was it? I think on the Sunday there was. Yeah, on the seats cause they, <laughs> Yeah, they had the bark at the park going on on Sunday. So I'm not sure if they're counting the dogs in that 15,000. Maybe they are. I mean, slightly skewed the numbers, but you're right. It's great to see the, you know, the series, you know, or the weekend game, sorry. With crowd numbers up, you know, over ten over ten thousand, I think, is always a good start because you know we saw it dip after the opening day. To you know, averaging five six thousand and it looking empty, and that's not helpful for anyone, I don't think. So it's nice to see. I know the Marlins, as an organisation, are really focusing on developing the community relations, Um, you know, and it's we hope that that happens and continues to develop for them because. You know, we're all massive fans of baseball. I think if we lived within an hour or two, we'd probably be down there all the time. Um, yes. We don't have that opportunity. Um, and you just wish that other people would take that opportunity. And it'd be interesting to understand, and you know, I'm sure Marlins are working on this, to understand what is holding them back. What, what's the disconnect at the moment? So you're right. A nice positive sign. I keep looking at the ball, you know, particularly when the roofs open and windows are are open. It just looks an incredible ballpark now. Really, it just really, really, really slick. Um, with all the the crazy colors gone, it just looks just just a nice place place to play baseball. And you're right, the band definitely adds something, Lee. I was thinking of you when I heard them firing up uh, yeah. on the Saturday. <laughs> you know, maybe that's the next step for us. We'll we'll get some we'll get some vuvuzelas fired up. You know, yeah. and, um, yeah,
1: we'll we'll create some sort of intro a band going. Yeah, <laughs> there was um, also something I saw on Twitter where one of the home runs, whether it was Austin Dean's, I can't remember, um, and someone had took a video from the Auto Nation Alley, where obviously the where the statue used to be, mm-hmm. and you heard the crowd erupt, and you could see the ball almost land where the person was filming from, and it looked a really nice place to go and watch the game. You can imagine standing there with a beer and with the, the crowd really lively, it really felt good. And I thought, oh, that reminds me of the time when I was there, like in 2012, when it was really lively and you had a big crowd and everyone was excited. So they slowly, slowly start to build the excitement there and start to build the crowd but they need to do that now by just getting that hitting together. If they can get that together along with the pitching they've got, then it's got something that that the kind of community and the fans can believe in and they can bring those fans that they've lost back. Those ones that said they weren't going to go again after Stanton was traded and Yelich was traded, they'll, they'll come back.
0: Yeah. It's fair to say this team doesn't have that firepower yet. Um but what it does have is a rotation that far exceeds anything that was knocking around when then Stanton was here. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just, we're just watching a different Marlins now and a different level of excitement. I still get a massive buzz when Sandy's on the mound, Pablo's on the mound. I think we've got, we'll have Pablo on tonight, will not we for, for the Cubs game. So be looking forward to that. It's just a different type, um, you know, type of pleasure, I guess, from this Marlins team, but the reality is now what we're hearing, and we'll we'll come to you, Rob, on this later on. But what we're hearing is there's a shed load of arms in the across the organisation now. A lot of them are performing at a real high level already. I think Will Stewart, I saw in the week, um, who was part of the the Remuto trade, uh, went seven strong and struck out a bunch this week. So that's encouraging as well. So you know, there's a shed load of arms around. What we probably don't quite have right now is that elite prospect bat that is that kind of power bat that you can see in the future being crazy excited about. Like a, you know, I I guess he's a bit of a freak, but like a Vlad Guerrero where you know what he's going to be about. He's going to absolutely tear it up um, and get people excited. We don't quite have that type of prospect right now. That's not to say we won't. There's still moves we're going to make. We're going to, we're going to continue to be active in the trade market. No doubt about that. So we'll see how that pans out. Um, and often with these projections, you know, I haven't followed baseball for that many years. And, but I often think with these projections, you know, they're erratic. And there's no, there's no certainties in, in minor league yep. baseball and prospects, that's for sure. So, you know, and often you don't know what you've got until people progress, grow up and develop, you know, it's the way it goes. So um, we'll come to that, Rob, later, actually, and we'll we'll work on what's going on. I think segueing us there will be um, some of the moves that we've seen. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, we're recording this Tuesday evening, UK time. We've just had some roster moves. We've already had one roster move ahead of the Phillies series, which brought Austin Dean up. And Garrett Cooper went down. Is that right? He didn't go to the IL. No, there's
1: Peter O'Brien. Oh, yeah.
0: oh it's Peter O'Brien. Sorry, of course it was. Yeah, of course it was.
1: Cooper's yeah. Cooper's Cooper,
0: already
2: on the IELTS. Cooper's IL Cooper's
0: yeah. IL'd already, and O'Brien went down. Sorry. You're right. Which was interesting. We were talking about O'Brien last week. He is what he is in that he's a home run getter, I guess. Um, but interesting move. Austin Dean up. Immediate impact, though.
1: Yeah, and that was uh, quite incredible because we we wanted someone to get some hits. We were desperate for it. And I, you could tell O'Brien was struggling. I think maybe he, the job that he was asked to do at number eight was really to try and get home runs uh, and hit a lot, the long ball. At no point did he, was he really looking to ever get a walk or or really extend the bat and he just didn't look right so it made sense that Dean was brought up and we all said and I think we all felt it from the start of the season Dean was so good in spring training he was so good in september and, and the later part of uh, last season that you wanted him in the team anyway he was um, really in the sort of uh, uh, sort of limited games he had in triple a he just continued that that hot form he had an average of 3.75 um he'd in those 24 at bats uh, nine hits um six rbis and um and five walks as well so he was just ubiquitous on base uh, and needed to come up when when someone's hot on form like that, and you've got someone like O'Brien who's struggling a bit, and maybe because O'Brien was doing a job that he thought he should be doing, and maybe he needs to come down to to AAA and really refine that batting. Why not? It made perfect sense, and he made that big impact to start with, and that was really good. Yeah.
0: So, I've got the series. Oh, sorry, the the season stats up in front of me here. Who who do we think is leading the Marlins in RBIs at the moment? Any <laughs> guesses, guys?
2: I, you, I did see it. That it was Dean already, wasn't it? I did see something. He was already <laughs> in the top. I think after Saturday's game, he was like top two already. Straight away after not one
0: game. <laughs> exactly. It's crazy. You've got... I mean... And put it into context here, guys. We're talking about uh, leading the team in RBIs with six after what are we, I mean, seventeen yeah, games in?
2: I, 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 was say, I think Yelich got more than that last night in one game. He did.
0: He did. Yeah, <laughs> Yelich did. Yeah, Chris Davis has more
1: RBIs than that. Even from the <laughs> <laughs> oh lord!
0: Well, maybe we need to revisit this trade opportunity. Yeah, be, we were talking about be, last
2: week. I mean, good trade now.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right. So we've got in a you know Austin Dean straight away. I mean, this is what we're looking at from the guys coming up, isn't it? I and mean, I think we knew this about Dean anyway. He should have been there on opening day anyway. He wasn't. We're into this contract manipulation, service time manipulation type stuff, whatever it may be. Um, he should have been up. He's up now. Immediate impact. Six RBIs already. Um. Tied with Alfaro and Rojas, actually. Uh, you know, just to you know, throw that in the mix. So nice to see. To, so I suppose, add further to Dean, since that Phillies game, the second Phillies game where uh, he homered, he's actually I think gone over since then. So yeah. he's actually not had a, <laughs> had a hit since. Um, so of course, naturally, guys, he turned. He was brought up. He hit the home. He had a hit, I think, on the first game. He had a home run, and I think a couple of hits. Maybe he went three for four, I think, uh, on the second game. Naturally, I added him into all fantasy leagues I'm in and all fantasy teams.
2: (laughs) And then, of
0: course, (laughs) since then, gone hitless. So, yep, Pete Pratt strikes again. Um, It's fair to say. Um, While we're talking about stats, guys, and thinking back to last week as well, what we were talking about. Lee, you were praising you were you were praising Brinson for yeah. <laughs> a good week for him. He did have a good week the week before. Um was making a lot he was he he's he's already started well the start of the year what you were getting from Lewis was a lot of hard contact, but was seemingly out of luck. Yeah. Then then he started to make contacts and that led to hits, which was great. This week, we've Gone and regressed a little bit back to last season's Brinson, I fear, with a ton, a ton of strikeouts. Um, when you heard about the roster moves taking place today, did you think Brinson could be one of them guys that maybe sent down? Yeah,
2: so I say I, I saw on Twitter a lot of people did seem to assume once they saw that it was Galloway coming up that Brinson maybe one of the ones going down. But I don't know I mean if they kept him up all of last year you know and didn't send him down then I'm not sure whether it's worth doing it now or whether we still give him a bit more time I mean, we're still only what three weeks in into the year so I don't know how long you know how how long at least they want to give him you know whether he's gonna learn anything by being sent down or whether just sending him down may you know even if it's only for a week or two may you know may just, just help him find his swing a bit I mean, we we have seen it with some players before, where they have really struggling. They go down, like you're saying just for a week. They come back, and then suddenly they're they're a different, you know, you know, whole, whole different player again. So yeah, I mean, I I I wasn't expecting him to be sent down, but I wouldn't have been surprised if he was one of the ones who did go down. Obviously, we've seen he isn't, but so I wouldn't have been surprised if he was.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm glad they didn't. I'm I'm in your camp. I think let's just let's stick with him. Um, and actually, for me, Lewis, if you're listening, you're probably not. But um, if you are, it was good to hear from he did, he did
2: him on tweet you. He he did tweet you the other day, didn't he? So maybe maybe he's, he's listening now.
0: But that's what I mean. So you know, <laughs> let's let's go easy on Lewis. Me and him are best pals now. <laughs> He he probably gets uh, a cut of that jersey, you know. In a sense, uh, there'd be a percentage paid (laughs) to him for that anyway. So there's been, you know, some money in your pocket there, Lewis. But anyway, let's. I I think you know, (laughs) in all seriousness, from from Brinson's perspective, we look at the last week, uh, 21 at bats and 11 strikeouts. I mean, that that is the Brinson from last year. He's chasing a bit. He's just Mm -hmm. his foot's on the gas. It felt like he, he, for me, for Brinson, he started spring training. On fire again, like he did the year before. He cooled off a bit at spring training. And then coming into the year, we were looking to see whether the plate discipline was there. I, I'm not sure it is. I just want to see him relax a little bit. I'm not, and we've talked about this already up and down in the order, I don't think really helps him. For me, it seems like it's weighing on him a bit because what we have seen consistently this year from Lewis is some defensive issues actually, with just errors that shouldn't be making in the outfield. There's there's simple plays, balls rolling under his glove, through his legs, whatever. We've seen that a few too many times. And I think that when you're struggling with a bat, it can affect you in that way. And like and likewise, and we should praise I must say this week, Brian Anderson, we talked about him last week, how He's not yeah. kicked into gear. This week, he really has kicked into gear, which is great. Equally, his on the defense side, uh, playing at third base, that has really lit up as well this year. He's looked really hot. So the two go hand in hand. It's just all about confidence, isn't it? With with Lewis and I, uh, I saw a nice at bat for him yesterday against the Cubs. He he worked a walk. Um, It was seven eight pitches. Darvish was throwing slider after slider after slider. We've already talked about this as well, guys. I mean, you know, these guys analyze everything. We can see it from, you know, literally 3,000, 5,000 miles away, whatever it might be. Um, you know, the slider away, it's it's a challenging pitch for for Lewis. So it's it was good to see him work that walk yesterday. That's what we want to see from him. Um, and just relax into it, I think. You know, that's, yeah. that's it. I'm glad they haven't sent him down. Um, again, if he would have been sent down, that would have linked back to the P-Prat curse of, you know, now he's not just in a fantasy team, but I bought a jersey <laughs> and he's sent down. I mean, he, he would have been blocking me on Twitter if that would have happened. So so there you go. Um, so the um, the rest of the side, I mean, let's not... Let's not let everyone get away with this, guys, because, you know, when you look at the last seven days action, it's it's not great reading. And JT Riddle has been sent down today. He's going to be replaced or has been replaced on the roster by Galloway. Um, Riddle's last seven games. I mean, the, the signals coming out weren't great for JT. Uh Maddenley's already been on talking about how Rojas had won the shortstop role. He had not played a bunch this week, Riddle, and when he had played, he's not really delivered too much. So he, he'd had twelve at bats this week, and his average was um, you know zero eight three. So he's struggling, um, and I guess that's you know it's confidence thing, playing time. And again, defensively for Riddle, there were some errors rolling around as well. The two go hand in hand again, for sure. Rob, are we surprised that Riddle has actually been sent down based on what we were expecting from this year? And and also the move for Galloway coming up, was that a surprise as well?
1: Um, it was a surprise to start with, but then when you look down through the stats and think about how this works, it, it does make sense. Unfortunately for Riddle, there was his two home runs early on uh, in March, uh, but his April stats are, are unfortunately quite poor. 25 at-bats, three hits, 120 average. Um, you know, Overall, he's, a, he's got three RBIs, and of course, you've got the two home runs in there, 11 strikeouts. And the other thing is four out of his five appearances, like you just said, were kind of pinch hits. And um, in the outfield at the moment, you've got Rossel Herrera, who um, back in his uh, in his Kansas days was, was played in the infield quite a lot. And he, one of the reasons why he's in the roster is that he can play anywhere. So if Rojas is now the definitive shortstop, then you can bring Herrera in as the backup there. And that then frees up uh, the opportunity to bring um, Isaac Galloway in, who is really doing well in, in New Orleans um, at the moment. He's, he's had uh, in the 11 games, 37 at-bats. Uh, and out of that, he's had 11 hits. Um, he's been on base a lot. He's had four home runs. Um, so it's another guy on form. So just the same thing with Austin Dean bringing him in because he's on form and triple A, same with Isaac Galloway. And as another, Isaac Galloway did, did well in spring training. He did well at the end of last season. And for those limited games, he did play. He was very much platooned in and out and and did well when he was in. It took him all those years to get up into the Major League team. So I'm really happy that he's got that further opportunity to do that. This is how it should work, isn't it? If a player is struggling, you should be able to bring them down into Nola and then bring the form guys in. We couldn't do that last year because um, Nola were pretty awful last year, and there was no form guys in there beyond Austin Dean and then Peter O'Brien when he really heated up. So um, this is actually quite a good thing that Mm -hmm. we can actually do this. So it's a shame for Riddle. I like him a lot, but like we were talking about, maybe with Brinson, it's quite good that we've been able to sort of bring him down.
0: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how Galloway Galloway gets on um, in the next. I, I don't know whether he's. I haven't seen the starting lineup today. Is he? Yeah, he's, Have uh, you guys he's, seen that? Is he in? Yeah, he's yeah. starting. Yeah, batting sixth. Start so
2: just he's interesting. Started, to...
0: where, where's he playing?
2: Uh, left field. I think it was left. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and actually, yeah.
0: Granderson's been struggling as well. I mean, Granderson started, I think, there. quite quickly. Was get taking his walks, couple of home runs, but actually Granderson has really struggled the last maybe over a week now. Actually, yeah. so it's not a bad thing if he, if he is playing left, and you know Lewis is there in center, and and, and Austin Dean in right. It's okay.
1: Yeah, G- Galloway's actually in right. Austin was Dean right? moved over to left, which is where he was playing more yeah. last season. Was playing in Nola uh, as as left field, so it makes more sense than him being. Uh, in left and right, it's it's the natural uh, position for him for his arm, and yeah, that um, yeah, the, the I, I, Galloway is obviously gonna it's gonna be difficult for for you know that anyone to to come up from Nolly. You can't expect that they're just going to be you know absolutely amazing because there is a step up in quality. Um, so but. I, I think he should be able to do a better job than, let's say, Peter O'Brien did do. It was interesting you, you brought up um, the issues that Granderson is having because, unfortunately, Granderson's stats are worse than Riddles at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he's He's got one five two 5 2 ERA, um, quite a few strikeouts as well, 17 strikeouts, 7 hits. And that's a bit of a concern because Granderson was supposed to be that, that kind of stable, you, you know, person there the experienced guy for for the dressing room he probably is that but you need someone like that to perform we talked about that with martin prado as well at the start of the season if he hadn't performed like prado has at the moment being our 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 best bat actually out there from a uh, from a just a statistical point of view um then you can't see the point of having you can't carry a guy just because he's experienced and he's not performing so i really hope that that Granderson maybe you know platooning him a bit will, will help him mm.
0: Yeah I mean we've already talked about this guys we're, we're in effect playing probably with a 24 man roster anyway so we can't, we can't afford too many more passengers um, yeah. so I'm not against this let's you know if he's been performing at AAA Granderson's struggling anyway you know, all of a sudden we've got a a brand new a new look outfield. You know, we're we're three weeks in, and <laughs> corner outfielders uh, have been replaced already. So, but you know, it's it's good that we've got guys that are coming up in form. We have the ability to move people around. You know, that's we're we're on the rebuild anyway. So yeah, that's, that's not, you know, that's, it's not nice. it's, it's okay. My...
2: One of the main things to take, you know, I mean, in in like a re you know like a, a rebuilding season or two, you know now is the chance where you can can do this, you know just just bring some players up, players up you know so just so we can see, you know if if they're, they're worth keeping for for that, for that future, and I, I did see on on Twitter some people were were calling for Grant you know for him to, to be released you know, when when they saw that it was Galloway no, coming Granderson. up. Yeah, Granton to be released. Oh, really?
0: yeah.
2: I mean, I think it's a bit, a bit early to, to jump to that, <laughs> you know, that, that that extreme already. But I mean, hopefully we could use him more as a, you know, as a trade piece rather than than obviously releasing. Obviously, we need him to start start hitting a bit, you know, more for that to happen. But, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, calling for his for his release seems a bit extreme.
0: <laughs> I mean, we three week. This is it, guys. We're three weeks in. We, you know, let's be honest about it. We've had a crap week. Um, in many ways, particularly on the batting side. We've had one good performance beyond that. We've we've really struggled. You know, we look up and down the lineups here and the stats for the season, and there's not many that really stand out. And to be honest, guys, and this is a serious question now, (laughs) I didn't think I'd be asking this, but are we in a position soon where we're going to be playing two catchers in the lineup, <laughs> Are we, do we have to find space in the lineup for Wallach and Alfaro's bats? Because both of them have impressed me this year. And Chad Wallach, I mean, I wasn't expecting much from him. I I preferred Holiday actually as as the backup yeah. catcher going into the year. I think we all, we all did actually. Yeah. Like, what we saw of him last year was not major league level. I think from a bat. From a bat perspective, um, but the last week or so, he's really impressed me. And you get it's getting to that stage now where you're thinking, we need both of these bats in the lineup here, like it's it's crazy. Um, I I get it, that's not actually going to happen, but um, you know, in a if we were playing in the AL and we had a DH, yeah. hey, you, can, yeah, you could DH, the... you could just DH Alfaro. You know what I mean? If uh, yeah. for day, you know, for days
2: off, has been, why not? hurt as well the last few days. You now he might, he might, he might be able to able to to swing a bat. He he, he just can't catch it seems at the minute. So if he yeah. were playing, playing 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 with the DH, yeah, that, that that could have been been an option.
1: It's not yeah, unusual I mean, for I mean, us. Um, we did it last year with Holiday um, catching and Real Muto batting and playing at first base. Yeah. Um, that's
0: right, yeah. Yeah, he did.
1: Um, I'm not sure if Al Tharo or Wallace can Wallach can play anywhere else or Holiday. We think Holiday. <laughs> you, we could bring him up and have three three catches. <laughs> but, um, oh my god. Yeah, we that's the problem we've got is that um once you you convert a, a catcher into an outfielder you're gonna struggle where you're gonna put them. Uh, uh, sorry, either in the outfield or in first base. Um yeah. but yeah you' getting desperate when you're potentially going to sacrifice some fielding performance on the basis of just getting some hits
0: <laughs> I mean let's thinking it back on that I think the only option really would be first i mean this isn't gonna happen so we you know we're just messing about here with this one but um the only option would be first base mm-hmm. um, Prado's been makeshift there anyway um I don't see why you couldn't. Just plonk Wallach or Alfaro in there if you really had to. You know, Justin Ball was there for a good period of time. There was a lack of mobility there, I think, at times. Um, Justin, if you're listening, I'm sorry about that. I love you. Um, Please come back. Um, (laughs) So, anyway, I mean, what I think the main point to highlight there is Wallach's improvement with the bat has been impressive. And he's had a good week. Alfaro's been a little bit dinged up. The reason he's dinged up is coming back to last week. What I what we're talking about, what we heard was he was trying to steal a base and was picked off easily. And then uh, he tries to steal another base, was picked off easily again at second. And in the in the process of sliding slightly awkwardly, has injured his ribs or something or pulled a muscle in you know in his midsection or whatever. So I think the point is there that. Maybe we don't need Alfaro to be trying to steal too often. I mean, yeah. he's been caught stealing twice now. I don't think he, he's not going to steal many bases. Um, you know, maybe put that one back in the locker. I think um, moving forward. So, all right. So the other move today is, and this is, I guess, less surprising and more out of necessity in many ways on both on both sides. And we'll come to that in a sec. We've had Austin Bryce, gone to the IL, 10-dayer, um, I assume. And Harlan, Harlan, the Marlin Harlan Garcia is back up. We saw quite a bit of Harlan last year, so we know what we're going to get from him. I think that's, that makes sense. The bullpen's creaking a little bit, just it's been a little bit overworked to the back end of over the weekend and the start of this week etc so that made sense austin bryce has gone to the dl4 or the il4
1: gastroenteritis he's got a tummy bug
0: (laughs) so he's got the shits, basically
1: (laughs) i I try and put it politely
0: Uh, what's what's interesting about that the ten day DL, or I, I, I can't get away from the DL. I mean,
1: it's twenty four hours, yeah. isn't it, in the UK? That yeah, it's a bad, you
2: know, bad curry he had, I think, last night. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. So
0: that's that's a move. Uh, whether that, you know, maybe he wasn't feeling great. Maybe you needed a few days off. Anyway, I think, uh, I think he might have pitched last night as well. May have gone two innings last night, uh, Robert probably, you're, you're always quickest on the trigger than, you know, than me. Did he, did he go last night? Um,
1: uh, he didn't, I don't think, if I remember from the top of my mind. Yes, he did. Sorry, you are right. Yes, he did. Yeah. He came in straight after Richards. I forgot about that. Yeah, there's right. 1.1 1. 1 innings pitched. Um, right. There's only one walk in that, no strikeouts. Um, but yeah, he, he had to deal with a little bit of Richards' traffic uh, yeah,
0: yeah, and th- there was some of that, actually. Um, I guess for Austin Price, if he's got the gastroenteritis going on, um, he probably wasn't massively keen on the all-white Marlins uniform. Yesterday either. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's probably not what you need no. um, going out there. You've got the bases loaded, the dodgy <laughs> stomach, and... You know you're out there with the white uniforms. So yeah. anyway, yeah, I think he got through <laughs> that actually, um, give or take. You're right. We'll 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 cover the Cubs game. Weird game, Rob. You're right. You're right to mention the Richards traffic. Um, this is the first. I think what we've seen from the young starters, actually, all of the starters, obviously Iranian included. But what we've seen is, and what we expect probably is a little bit up and down. You know, it's such a young rotation. It's going to happen. Uh, This, I think, was the first one that Trevor wasn't quite on it for him. So this is his first off game, which what that led to was far a slow start in in the first inning. And there was multiple walks, I think maybe three walks, uh, hit by pitch as well, maybe a hit as well. So got off to a slow start, maybe took 40 odd pitches to get through the first managed to limit the damage but then he kind of went progressed through nicely actually um, until yeah, running run into a bit of trouble I think again at uh, the back end. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this but there was a real interesting there was an interesting play that and I don't know the rules well enough on on how this should or could have fell but I, I, I'll describe it to you Um, H- Javi Baez was on base, I think we were potentially bases loaded, but either way, Baez was on third. He was stood um, on the foul side of third and probably 10 yards off third as uh, whoever was at bat um, had, had, in effect, fouled one off. The ball came straight towards Baez on the bounce and he just reached up and caught it with his left hand. And just threw it into the bench. So, theoretically, the ball was still live. Because it hadn't actually gone past third base. So, the umpire couldn't, until that point, deem it to be foul or not. He was stood a few yards into the foul territory. Um, it was They were two outs. At least two on. Maybe the base is loaded. I, I should probably have researched this. But it just came to me then. Um, Don... Don came out questioning this. Baez just, you know, coolly just put his arm up, caught it, slinged it in, bit of a smile. Hey, you know, that's kind of who Abby Baez is. But for me, I think to the letter of the rules potentially, he could have been given out for that by interfering with the ball. Um, anyone <laughs> anyone seen that before or have any insight as to whether that could or should have been out?
1: I uh, um this kind of goes in line with fan interference as well without going off on too much of a tangent because we've seen this happen before with foul balls and where a fan has maybe caught it uh, and it could have dropped down and been caught and I think um yet yeah, again I'm no expert in this and I don't know whether what I'm saying is is totally right but it, it depends, I suppose, on the judgment whether that ball could have actually been in play. If it was quite clear um, that it wasn't going to be in play, then the umpire will probably not do anything with it. If it was a clear interference, then they would. And I think the umpires definitely would. We have seen um, where they kind of do judge interference quite heavily. We saw this so a week or two ago, where we had a double play, where it was uh, where Brinson moved too slow away after being struck out, and he was seemed as he was interfering with a catcher on on the on that uh, double play. And I think Rojas was, uh, was. It was it was, was Rojas
0: out. trying to yeah it was Rojas given out yeah. a second. he made it but they 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 deemed him yeah. to have interfered. Uh, what what interestingly the te- the the guys uh, Paul Severino and, and Todd Hollinsworth focused on was there was a play last year where dietrich was at bat and similar similar ish type scenario and the spin on the ball was that vicious it was like a it was like a Shane worn googly where it's literally it's a couple of yards over the foul line where it's bounced but because of the spin it's ripped and come back uh, fair and holly was mainly saying listen I can understand why Mattingly is out there talking about this because we've seen it and it doesn't happen that often. It happened clearly in foul territory, but by the letter, theoretically, maybe he had interfered with that ball. Mm-hmm. Um, what transpired was the umpires came together, talked about it, decided nothing, no action required. And then uh, I think maybe the next pitch, actually, a at least a double drove in two more runs. You know, so one of them again where the Marlins slightly not getting the rubber rubber the green in the early part of the season. It's one of them where, you know, maybe the score's four five two, four two maybe, and you get that call, you you know, okay. It's highly unlikely. But anyway, you know, they they give Baez out for interference and innings over, you get out of it four two. As opposed to that, he gets away with it. They knock into it's six-two. Game's in trouble. Next man in, we get Chen out. Chen's out to the you know to the mound. So you know the yeah. it, it's just interesting. You know it was an interesting bit of action. It was an interesting game in general. I felt because um, a lot of the Cubs got dinged. There's a, quite a few hit by pitch going on. Bryant got pinged. Contreras got pinged. It was very vocal actually about that. He wasn't happy with it. Someone else got hit, and then I think, in effect, Darvish decided enough's enough. We're going to have to hit one of the Marlins players here intentionally. And and in effect, threw a 100 mile an hour fastball at Brinson's midsection. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, which then, you know, maybe testament to Brinson, maybe, you know, deflected that much and hit the umpire in the face after it. So. You know, it's um, it was a bit of an undercurrent, the game. Finished seven, 7-2. Um, seven Definitely wasn't Richards' best game. Chen, as we've already talked about, was his best stat line for, for an outing this year. Still with one earned run, but there we go. Um, the highlight really was... Chad Wallach's absolute no doubter, which he absolutely demolished, which was awesome uh, to see. And I I enjoyed that particularly. So that was last week. We've covered the moves. The one thing I think that I just wanted to touch upon as well, just to speak about Mattingly, and I wanted to get your guys, you guys take on this one. It was after Sandy's performance last week, guys, um, in the nine one defeat to the Phillies and, 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 And Don came out after the game and I'm not sure if he was taking shots at Sandy or not. I don't know if that's the right way to phrase it, but he was I I think he was saying, if you want to be a number one, a number two type pitcher in the rotation, we we need you to go and get people. We need you to go and get those outs. We need you to go at it, basically. And, you know, dominate batters. And, And I think what he's saying there is maybe Sandy's pitching a little bit cautiously there. Did you? Did either of you guys see that game? That was the first game of the Philly series, the 9-1. So I don't know if you've seen that um, that full five innings from Sandy or not, but it was five innings, 11 hits, six earned runs, two walks, and, and only well, six strikeouts. But did any of you guys see that one?
2: I think I've... Asked. I think I've, I watched the first few innings, I think, and then I've seen the recap of it. So I think I saw him load the bases in the first inning, but then get out of it. If I recall, was that right? Him? I'm sure I yeah, I'm sure he loaded the bank. and managed to manage to actually escape that that jam, and I saw he yeah. had the one big inning. Was it the third? I think where he had the, he had the big had the, the big inning where I think they scored five runs. So I haven't actually. So I didn't really see the game after that. So. Yeah, yeah, so eleven hits, eleven hits in five innings. Yeah, does sounds like he wasn't at, at his best. I think after that really good first, yeah, you know, first outing we saw from him, the next two haven't been, you know, obviously not not as as good. So I yeah. don't know whether whether you know, anything's been said behind, you know, behind doors or anything, but whether he's sort of the first one in line to be sent down, you know, if if we gonna, are going to call up a starter at some point. But mm. I say I'm not really sure what. So it just sounded like he was yeah, you know, just made me trying to trying to light a spark, you know, under him, trying to get him to be the be the power pitcher. That, you know, that, yeah, that we want, want him to be, you know, telling him you had to strike out some guys. Yeah, so just saying it it was it you know, interesting quote quotes, yeah, for sure though.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. It's interesting. For me, you can look at the positive side there and think Matt and sees number one, number two type potential yeah. in, in Sandy. And I think we we'd we'd agree that is there. He's only, you know, he's he's really young. What is he, 21, 22, whatever. You know, he's he's a baby as part of the baby the baby face rotation, the baby face assassins. So I uh, I think there he's just it's the old psychology in the media type thing, isn't it? Where he's he's just putting out there, listen, just Go out there fast and loose. Pitch. Pitch without fear. That's what I think yeah. he's saying there. And that's, that's okay for me. And the reality is, if he gets blown up, he gets blown up. But I think Manning sees something in there that he thinks, do you know what? If you're on your game, you will overmatch anyone. Yeah. And we saw that from the Rockies. That Rockies performance was absolutely lights out. And that, that was Rob's phrase. Rob, that was you on it. Lights out from Sandy that week.
1: Yeah, and Sandy's there's, there's what Mattingly's saying, you can actually see in his stats. So if you look at where he was last year, his strikes per nine innings um, was 7.94, it's now 6.35 this year. I know it's very early days and you've got a very small sample size, but it doesn't appear that he's striking out as many uh, bats as he was however his walks are far far lower it was 6.09 for, yeah. for nine innings now that's down it. to 3.71 uh, and he's not giving away any home runs but what he is giving away is hits and that's that's what is uh damaging so it seems to be that he's not as aggressive maybe as he was last year mm-hmm. um but as you say he's a very young picture if he was still in the st louis organization he might even still be in triple a now and it is because of they, they're having to get their knocks really in, in the major leagues but even so there are innings where he looks you know really really good uh, and then it's in the first and in the third of that game his confidence went and we've said about this before it's different for these young guys when um, they can keep the score low and um, and that's okay because they know that there's not many, the bats aren't really performing. So it's it's a low scoring game. So they get their confidence that they're keeping their, their team in the game. They're keeping the Marlins in the game. But in that game, you had Arietta just performing, uh, you know, really, really well, not giving away anything. And um, so soon as that third inning was over, it uh, it felt like it was all over completely in that game. So, yeah, Uh, give him time, Um, this might be a good opportunity to talk about what happens if it doesn't work out or there was problems with one of those pictures, because um, there is someone down in New Orleans who looks pretty ready at the moment, and that was that is Zach Gallum. He was um, the Pacific Coast League pitcher of the week. Um, so far in his two starts, uh, again, small sample size, but he did also look good in spring training. Um, 13 innings, three hits, one run, 19 strikeouts, no walks. Um, 60 out of his 87 pitches were strikes. And so that's someone who's advertising himself that he wants to now be uh, a major league player. Um, So like we were talking about the batting situation, we do have this in the pitching side as well. It's not just him. Nick Nider as well is also looking very good. He doesn't have the Gallon. Very low, zero point six nine ERA, but Knight also had uh, a good outing in there as well. Uh, even um, Alicia Hernandez uh, had a good good day the other the other uh, had a good start the other day. So um, you know, if Sandy does struggle, you can bring him down and then bring Gallon up. Um, and the same goes for the other guys as well. There's if if this long season really gets to them, we've got that potential to move people um, from nowhere.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's that's what we're hearing across the Marlins organization now. Is it's packed full of arms. We've we've never said that about the Marlins. I don't think ever. So <laughs> it's it's good to hear. Um, we saw as well. Will Stewart, part of the Muto trade package this week i think go seven or eight strong with a a, a ton of a ton seven of strikeouts outs as well yeah seven yeah.
1: strikeouts against lakeland that's and this is in the jupiter hammerheads which is a advanced class i advanced so yeah. of course you've got to uh, think yeah. about Perspective. The, the the level so the and this is the thing. When you look down the minor leagues, there's a lot of very good performances in there. But what you're really looking for now is to Stuart to repeat that several times so he can go up to double A. And then, of course, you continue to repeat that and then you can go up to triple A. And it's just seeing if that extra level, the difficulty that is increased every time, whether they can cope with it. It's a very, very promising start from Stuart because obviously uh, he was kind of the forgotten bit of that whole uh, trade, so um, you'd like to see him come through. Whereas Alcantara was the main part or one of the main parts of the, of, of the uh, Ozuna trade. So um, that makes it a bit. There's a pressure is a bit different there, but there are yeah. uh, quite a few other other players out there um, in the in the minor leagues that look very very promising. Um, uh, Dustin Beggs had a very good um, quality start for Jacksonville in double-A in the other day. Cody Petit is another one who looks quite promising. And you can basically go down each of the teams and you can find some some really potentially uh, um, promising players for the future. This is very different to the last few years, where you'd look down there and all you're really hoping for was Tyler Kolek would, would get fit again and, and, and be able to... <laughs> To do something which uh, has has looked um, very unlikely, and um, Braxton Garrett is someone else to mention because he came off Tommy John's surgery and has now looked that um, um, look really really good. Um, uh, he's playing in Clinton at the moment in in Single A. They had a really good win at the other other, other night where uh, Victor Victor Mesa got an RBI and um, James Nelson got a walk off, and um, so there the, that kind of young base of talent that we're hoping is going to push its way up as we get into 2020 2021. um it's looking promising but so early days at the moment
0: yeah well speaking of that i'm i'm becoming increasingly fearful that there will be other marlins podcasts out there that will be looking to poach talent and uh Rob, I must say your co- your coverage of both spring training and the minor leagues for the Marlins is is absolutely exceptional for a UK based mm-hmm. guy. So I tip my cap to you. Yeah, agree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I I wouldn't be totally surprised if uh, if in a year's time uh, they'll be you'll be living in the US, covering <laughs> the Hammerheads, whatever it may be. And actually, I. I I did see that the Hammerheads, hold on a sec, we need a bit of Jersey talk here. The Hammerheads Jersey, I I saw it the other day, I think. It looked very, very erratic from memory. I I think (laughs) it was not as stylishly designed as maybe uh, the Marlins jerseys, let's say. Do you know what I'm talking about? Is that the right team I'm thinking of?
1: Yeah, you uh, you are, and I'm trying to think. Last year, whether it was um, they had a, a Scrabble night. I think it was them or it was Jacksonville. I can't think. And um, and they basically had their jersey was like a Scrabble board. It, it, <laughs> one to look up, it really is. It's one of the most weird. Um, yeah. Um, the uh, Clinton Lumber Kings, I think, has got the nicest jersey out of the uh, the minor league. But um, yeah, that's that's one uh, that's one for next week. You, the challenge to you guys and Dan, listening in Mexico, is uh, which yeah. of the minor league uh, jerseys do you like the best?
0: hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. This is one for Dan. Dan, after seven pina coladas, you need to start <laughs> looking up these jerseys. It will turn you drunk in no time. I'm pretty sure of that. <laughs> i uh, looking forward to having Dan back next week for sure. Um, guys, mindful, um, we've we've probably just about breached the hour mark. So, um, the week ahead, uh, we're going to finish off with the Cubs. I actually came into the Cubs series thinking there's a good chance we can win this series. I, I thought maybe to do that, we'd probably need to take game one. We didn't do that. Um, I guess we're just looking to avoid the sweep now, are we?
1: Well, I think... Um, we need to remain positive because, as as uh, as we were discussing at, at one point earlier, there is one game a week we seem to be really good, uh, and maybe <laughs> that will be this 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 week. Um Quintan has been a bit up and down so far this this start of the season, so we've got an opportunity there, and mm-hmm. um, we got a bit of a boost when Austin Dean was brought up, so maybe we're getting a a boost with. Um, uh, with Galloway being brought up, um, so um, I, I don't know. Then it's yes, Cole Hamels the the following day against Alcantara. So um, I I could let's say two one. I think the Cubs might take that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. What about you, Lee?
2: Well, say I've,
1: I think I'll go go pause
2: and we're going to get our first series series win. We're going to win the next two. I mean, Lopez will be good tonight. I think mean, he's one of the young pitchers so far who hasn't yet had that one, you know, real quality start. The other, the others have all had the one, you know, really where they've gone sort of seven, you know, given up one run. Or so he's, he's he seems to be. I mean, he's still doing okay, but he he always seems to, seems to struggle with, with like an inning here or there that that seems to you know affect his, his stat line a bit. So I think hopefully he can, he can give us a really good start tonight. Then then I think I think we can take game. You know, game, game three and take our first series, win of the season. I like it.
0: I like it. Bold predictions. You're right. Pablo's due a huge performance. Mm. I, I, there's no reason why it can't happen tonight. So we'll look forward to that. Uh, looking ahead to the weekend series, guys, we've got the Nats in town. Um, I was chatting earlier to, to Joey, uh, baseball Brit, Joey. Uh, who's in town for that on Saturday, actually. So he's in Marlins Park for, for that, for the Saturday game, uh, which will be, uh, looking at it, it'll be Arania back on the mound from the Marlins. trying to work it out from the Nats. I think they may be back around the Scherzer for then. So that'll be a, a real juicy matchup for for Joey to, to take in there. Uh, Scherzer with Arania for Saturday. Um, the Nats... Looking at them early doors, they have definitely been hurt by the fact that Bryce has gone to the Phillies. I mean, that's going to hurt anyone for sure. The challenge those guys are facing is their bullpen is just in, in real bits at the moment. Mm-hmm. And we had a point where Chris Davis was doing Chris Davis things for, well, last season and this season. But in effect, the Nats had the same thing happening, but with a picture of Trevor Rosenthal Rosenthal, um, where he, he didn't get an out I don't think for six games Had an infinite ERA and everything anyway uh, all's back and fine in the world again they have both Davis has had a hit and Trevor's got an out but they're both bullpen struggling um, we're probably going to see Shears. so that's going to be it's always a tough matchup against Max I I've seen him earlier in the year, he still looks like Max, he's still incredible um, I, I think we've had a relatively decent record against him actually over the years, so that's maybe one for you Rob, um, to, to check into for next time, but um, you know, I think it'll be a tough series with those guys they, they, they're they off to a 500 start they've in effect had series just with the Mets and Phillies and just a recent one with the Pirates and they're just about to start a, a series I think with the Giants, so They'll probably come into that into our series with a, a winning record. It's gonna be a tough series, no doubt about that. Um, but I think Caleb Smith, Arania, Richards. Three good pitches for us. Arania's had a nice start last time out. If he can produce that again, you know, that's gonna be positive. What are we thinking? Um I'm I'm think I'm gonna throw it out there. I think the Cubs the Cubs series actually we're gonna we're gonna nick one, so we'll end up getting two one, but uh, sorry, well, one two. But I think we're gonna take the Nats series. I think we're gonna we're gonna dent them there, maybe take two. Two one.
1: I agree with the Nats. Um and I I will stick with this what I said at the start of the season, because currently they're at five hundred, uh, one seven loss seven, and as you say, it's their, their bullpen has let them down a few times. Um And it's funny for them um, because, in effect, again, a bit like last year, they are kind of favourites, to to, apart from the Phillies, to to win the division. And if they don't, and if they continue to fall behind the others or to struggle, then they're going to panic even more. And that's where I wonder with the Nationals, when you get sort of halfway through the year, whether they are doing really, really well. And uh, they'll win the division or get in through the, the wild card or they'll blow it up. And I wonder whether their confidence is quite low when you get to the bullpen. If we can keep them the score low, especially against someone like Scherzer, uh, and the bullpen blows up, then that's where we can get that confidence. So I'm also going to go for a 2 1 uh, series win. For
0: the Marlins, correct?
1: Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah so, I, I, mean, Me I, I, just, I think it's going to come down to if we can get can get to the, to the ball pen quickly yeah how, how quick we, we we get the starters out there and go after their their pen so yeah i was, like saying just, just to echo the same i think if i think yeah i think we definitely got a chance chance to take this one to one so i'd expect to lose the scherzer start just because our bats are so ice cold and Against pitchers like that, son, I, mean, I expect us to strike out about fifteen times in that game. Because that's what that's what we always do. But yeah, yeah, then we can maybe take take the other two. So, yeah, I'll be be confident again and say a two one Marlins Marlins win. Whew.
0: We're all we're all positive positive about the Nat series. Uh, so that means, yep, that'll be a 3-0 match series win. Yeah, we won't score a run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think going into the, the week ahead, guys, uh, I I, what I'm keen to replace is the ice emoji. I want to I minimise the use of ice. I want to flip it. I want, I want the fire emoji or the lit emoji or whatever way of describing that emoji is. I want to see more of that for sure. Um, guys, we've pretty much run out of time, but before we finish, we're going to do a quick, of course, fish across the pond, player of the week. Uh, it's pretty tough, but I'm going to start, and I'm going to go with the Dean machine, Austin Dean.
1: Agreed. Totally agree.
2: Yeah, I'll say just for that, that spark he gave us in that game. I'm saying the only other person who I think would come close would be Brian Anderson, who who yeah. uh, who who who's hit a home run as well in that same game. Has walked a, a lot of time. I think he's on bases four 2 nine. I think I had written down somewhere. He's yeah. He's had five walks in the last seven days, so he comes close. But yeah, just for the the spark that Dean has, Dean gave us in the, in that game. Yeah, I'd say Dean as well for the the clean sweep.
0: There we go, another full guys. Um, I, you're right actually we we shouldn't um, all, I suppose honourable mention to Brian Anderson Yeah, I think uh, he's definitely turned a corner both defensively and offensively, couple of stolen bases as well which is nice you know that's for the Marlins to be successful we, I, I made this point last week we need BA to be yeah. hitting well in the two spot it's so important um for for you know one, two, three to be delivering. So yeah, I mean Austin Dean, immediate impact. I'm gonna to have to throw him in as player of the week. Uh it was you know it was a great I mean it was a good two games when we probably look back at it. The rest of it he's been he's been bang average, but anyway, that's uh <laughs> that's <laughs> by the bye. Um guys, really enjoyed your company. Uh we'll look forward to having uh, Dan the man back back from the sun lounger next week guys um, so for everyone out there Lee, you're at Lee Marlin 87
2: yeah that's right, yeah that's correct
0: Lee Marlin 87 and Rob, Rob Norwich UK that's correct see, I'm getting the hang of this now <laughs> uh, and for me well, uh, you can just hit me up at the Miami Marlins UK fan page so Miami Marlins underscore UK. Guys, appreciate your time again. Great, uh, great episodes. Before we go, though, we need to finalize one thing the sound quality out of 10. <laughs> How's it coming through?
1: Oh, of course, 10. Brilliant. That mic <laughs> is amazing.
2: Perfect. Perfect. So, so loud, loud and clear. Crisp.
0: This is it. Uh, we're taking this to a whole nother level now. We've got we've got microphones and yeah, we've just got microphones. That's about it. But uh, and equally, I've, I've also got I've got the new Marlins jersey as well. So I've really stepped it up. But we've got we've got microphones. We've got other bits and pieces. We've got. Yeah, that's about it, guys. But yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad the sound quality is coming through. It was money well spent. Until next week, guys, uh, we'll pick it up from there. Hoping for a Marlins uh, series win against the Cubs, series win against the Nats. Uh, Season will be changed, and um, we'll speak to you again next week. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.
2: See ya.